Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecamerraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. All right. Welcome to the latest episode of Dice Camera Action. This is episode eight. And <laughs> all right, indeed. Yes. Oh, last everything's week, fine. Last week was a little tense. A little scary. We made every cardinal mistake in D&D <laughs> in the world. God, I'm gone for one week. <laughs> this is why we need you. This is why, this is why you need the bard. This is why you shouldn't drink so much, you know? <laughs> you tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yes. So Strix had a weird, uncomfortable um, reunion of sorts with her brother, Isaac Strasny, uh, which uh, devolved fairly quickly, uh, forcing Strix to run away into the rain. And uh, before Isaac could catch up to her, uh, she was uh, led away by an old man named Ernst Larnack, who turned out to be a spy in Valaki, working for a lady named Fiona Vachter, a fairly influential uh, noblewoman in town. And uh, Strix was taken to the Vachter estate, which is called Vachterhaus. In the, me- <laughs> in the meantime, uh, Paulton was passed out at the Blue Water Inn, so Evelyn and D were taken into custody and brought before the burgomaster. D. D. Uh, they were brought before the burgomaster and his wife. Uh, the wife, Lydia, gave Evelyn a rosary, a holy rosary. Uh, what was her name again? Sorry. Her name was Lydia. Lydia, that's right. Lydia Petrovna. Uh, and also stitched up a nasty wound that er- uh, that Erica's character D had gotten from Isaac. Uh, but the burgomaster was not terribly receptive to Evelyn's um, uh, diplomacy <laughs> and had them sent back to the inn. Meanwhile, Strix uh, found herself uh, getting a little bit uh, in tighter and tighter and tighter with uh, Lady Vachter, who uh, sort of tour, showed her the grand tour of her estate, which included a library full of cats <laughs> and a master bedroom where Lady Vachter's dead husband was lying in state in her bed, uh, basically preserved for all time. Lady Vachter also showed Strix a lead-lined iron chest in which contained the bones of an old enemy of the family and an enemy of Strahd. And Lady Vachter warned Strix, "If you oppose, this is what happens to people who oppose Strahd. They end up as bones in a little box. So, 
Oh, and uh, Diaz was taken away from the rest of the party members by Ezek to the town square to be locked in the stocks. And that's the last anybody in the party heard of Diaz. And I would note that uh, Garrett did tell us he wasn't going to be here this week before. So the fact that he isn't here, we expected, but we now we have no idea what's going to happen. Right, exactly. Uh, now, Evelyn, you did talk to uh, two men at the Blue Water Inn, Nikolai and Carl Wachter, mm-hmm. and uh, you sort of made a little bet with them uh, to go check up on DF for you, but now you're starting to wonder if maybe that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Strix, you are in the master bedchamber at the Wachter estate, and uh, just to give you a quick recap of what's here, <laughs> uh, you can see uh, there is a fire sputtering in a hearth, above which hangs a framed family portrait depicting father, mother, two young sons, and a baby daughter in the father's arms. Uh, you recognize the sons as being younger versions of two men you saw at the inn. And you recognize the mother figure as being the woman standing next to you holding this iron chest full of bones. The man you recognize as a younger version of the dead man lying in the master bed. Wood paneling covers the walls. There's a framed mirror uh, uh, next to a curtained window. And uh, you can see some end tables with some oil lamps on them. And of course, the dead man in the bed with coins on his eyes. And Lady Wachter says, my dear, closing the chest, I have one more thing to show you, if you will come with me. <sighs> Lady, Lady Doctor, I have a, I have a question. I have a question for you. Yes, my dear. Um, what was the guy's what was the guy's name in the box again? His name was Leo Delisnia. Wow, what a bad guy. Going against, going against the the Mister Strahd. Yep, so bad. Strix is like wringing her hands right now, which is very <laughs> nervous. She's just looking around the room, like frantically looking for an exit. <laughs> uh, there's the one door that you came through, and there's the curtained window that you can't see out of because curtains. Uh, and there's a closet, but you don't think you're going to find much of an escape in there. <laughs> she, puts, she puts the chest back in the closet and closes the door, actually. So momentarily, her back is to you, um, and you're sort of standing between the master bed and the doorway. Uh, but uh, the floors creak under your feet. Uh, it would be hard to slink away without her knowing. Um, how, uh, so how flammable, I just have a question, that bored a <laughs> question. How flammable is a demon Icor? Uh, if, if heated to uh, sufficient, like sufficiently magically high temperatures, it will combust. Magically high temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you cast a spell, like okay. burning, burning hands or something like that, you could set it ablaze. Cool. Yeah. When Lady uh, Fiona turns uh, toward you again, uh, you can see a. Um, uh, she walks over to the hearth and tucks the key to the chest back inside the fireplace and whatever secret cubby um, is hidden in there. And then she comes over to you and just sort of walks past you to the door and waits for you out in the hall. All right, I'm, I'm going to follow her. Okay. You walk past the double doors. You walk past the uh, locked door uh, beyond which you heard 
a mewling voice, a female voice, a young voice uh, calling out. Um, but you don't hear that voice now. It's fallen silent. And you walk past the open library doors, uh, which Lady Vokter pulls closed, uh, trapping her eight cats inside. And then she leads you down the creaky stairs to the main level. And then she leads you around uh, through a kitchen and a storage room to a back vestibule and opens up a secret door with stairs of stone leading down to what you assume to be the cellar. She says, there are some people I would like you to meet. Oh, Lady Vokter, ma'am, I am not going in that cellar. She says, I assure you, my dear, <laughs> it is very safe. These people are our friends. Mm. No, no, ma'am. No. <laughs> and you tell me who it is and then I'll go down the cellar. Yes, they are uh, villagers. They're locals who are part of my book club. Your book club? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> You she are says, a farmy yes, ass woman. I host a. Uh, what does that mean? It doesn't matter. It means you're really pretty. Very kind of you to say, my dear. I try. Not, but not as pretty as you. And she sort of holds a hand delicately up to your cheek. And, and she's like, hey. <laughs> She says, You have been more than blessed. I'm outside at this point, right? Uh, you're you're inside the sort of bowels of the lower level of the house, preparing to head down into the cellar. Uh, there, you did notice when you came in, uh, when you walked up to the house, that there was another access to the cellar outside. Okay. Uh, but you, you haven't actually gone outside. You're still in the house. Uh, you see uh, Lady Vokter take a candle off the wall, and uh, she now has that in hand to light her way down the stairs, and she actually leads the way. She says, these people are, they are simple peasants, but I bring them here to educate them on the secrets of knowledge and lore and religion and understanding and history so that they can go off and teach others. Uh, so... Basically, basically a cult. <laughs> it's pretty much a cult. <laughs> but I saw the exit. Strix knows there's an exit from the cellar outside. Yes. He's got somewhat of a plan. Yes, absolutely. When Lady Fiona Vokter leads you to the bottom of the stairs, you're basically in a dirt-floored cellar that has some old cots in it. And there are some footprints um, across the cellar uh, that lead up another flight of stairs to what you assume to be that exit, the one leading outside. And leading to a, a wall. And when Fiona Wachter goes up to the wall and pushes on it, she opens up a secret brick door that leads into a torchlit chamber. Uh, and in that torchlit chamber, you can hear some voices. It sound like they're arguing or bickering with one another. Never seen. It's never a good thing is never when blood's meet in a torchlit chamber. <laughs> <laughs> good, times, good times for sure for me. Uh, hey. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when you peer through the secret door, you see flickering candles in iron holders uh, in the corners of the room, filling it with many shadows. The room has a 10-foot high ceiling and a large black pentagram inscribed on the stone floor. At each of the pentagram's points rests a wooden chair, 
And seated in four of the five chairs are men and women in black robes with hoods. And they've got sort of red scarlet inner lining, these robes. Uh, you see a young man who has the face of an angel, a balding hulk of a man, a squat middle-aged woman, and a taller younger woman with an unsettling glare. And they all stand up out of their chairs and rise to confront you. <laughs> pray, pray for Strix. <laughs> yes. And uh, Lady Fiona Vachter doesn't introduce them to you, but introduces you to them, saying, This is my darling niece, Strix. She has come for a visit. I wanted her to meet you because she's a very special young girl. Hey, Cutters, how's it going? Uh, they all seem absolutely aghast by your physical presence, your horns, your skin tone, your dark eyes, your moth-eaten robes. You're like something that Lady Fiona just summoned out of the pits of hell. Uh, and they are... Probably what she told them. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you can see that um, one by one, they all sort of bow before you. And actually, uh, the young man with the face of an angel kneels down on the floor prostrate before you oh no not none of that none of that stand up stand up stand up burke you're fine you're fine yeah guys i got this good book in here have you ever read anything by volo he's really funny <laughs> just pull out this like porn book that's like all it got like little ears like on it i'm like he's really good he's funny he talks about all the inns and the forgotten realms you know it's, it's like a. Uh, Faerun. You know that? You know Faerun? Lady, Lady Vakta says, we don't read funny books here. We read the grimoire of the four quarters. There's five points on that star, so four would be an incorrect assessment. Uh, she says, <laughs> <laughs> she says, my dear, the four quarters refer to the Diabolus Devastus, who was torn into four parts by heretics. Tell me a bit more about this situation here. As I'm like sticking my hand in my robe, trying to like grab yep. hold of the gourd of demon icon. <laughs> yep, make a, make a perception check. Oh, nice. Uh, 19. Uh, as you uh, wrap your fingers around the gourd and listen to their babbling, uh, you hear a flapping noise. Flapping? Uh, Yes, it seems to be coming from within the room, but you can't trace its source. Like yeah. just like, a... like bird or bat? More like bat, but a big bat. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. No bats. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for all, for the life of you, you can't see what's making the flapping noise. Uh, or get any real clue, or it looks like there's no shadows moving around the room or anything like that. And actually, none of the others seem to notice. Oh, no. I don't uh, think this Lady, is a book club. <laughs> uh, Lady uh, Fiona goes on to say that this Devastus, who was pulled apart into four pieces, actually did not die uh, from his wounds and the grimoire recounts how his four pieces were reassembled and he was basically alive again to lead what was one of the greatest diabolical cults in history. And as she's, as she's telling you this, uh, she, she sits down in her chair with the grimoire, uh, which was sitting on the chair seat, now in her lap. And uh, uh, the, the other four 
uh, members of her book club re return to their chairs as well. I'm going to cast a spell. Okay. So I'm going to cast prestidigitation. I'm going to make the smell of smoke and fire come from down the stairs. And I'm going to scream, oh my gosh, I saw one of the cats on the mantle. I think it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, go ahead and make a deception check. So this was what I was having nightmares about all week. <laughs> nice. Flaming cats. Uh, 15. Okay, that seems to arouse a great deal of alarm. Um, all five of the individuals in the room, including Lady Vokter, uh, stand up in their chairs and begin to huddle around the secret uh, door leading out of the room. In fact, Lady Fiona Vokter goes out back into the cellar where your... Um, uh, just sort of brushes past you to make sure everything's okay. All right, I follow them back out to the cellar. Okay, and uh, you've got the smoke is coming down from the, not the outside steps, but the inside steps, correct? Uh, yeah, the, the furthest, the furthest steps, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it must all be on fire. I can hear cats meowing. <laughs> Lady Fiona Vokter sort of cocks an ear to see if she can hear cats screaming. I cast prestidigitation again, and there's cat screaming. Uh, and you're going to try to do this uh, yes. uh, without her recognizing that you're casting a spell? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so normally this has the spell has verbal and somatic components, so I'd like you to make another deception check All right. um, to do it under your breath. 13. Um. Uh, this time it appears Lady Fiona is on to you. No! Uh, she looks at you and just sort of narrows her gaze. And she says, well, that is a childish prank. <laughs> I, I just learned it from my circus friend. <laughs> you like the circus? We can go meet her outside. You sort of feel these cult fanatics kind of gathering around you. It feels like you're slowly being surrounded by these oh. black clad figures. Um, <laughs> Uh, nope. 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 I drop, I, I take the demon icor and I drop it on the ground while at the same time casting, hold on, firebolt. Okay. Uh, you hold it down. I, I have really good fire resistance. Everything's fine. Okay. <laughs> now, did you want to drop it essentially in your own space or into like in a space adjacent to you and light it on fire? Is that the plan? As they're coming towards the, yeah, the space adjacent like to me. Right, right under their feet, basically? Exactly, yeah. Okay, excellent. So you throw it down. Now make, you're using Firebolt. Make an attack roll. All right. Oh, man, I just got a 20. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Nice. Yes! There, there's an explosion of fire underneath them that sort of lights their robes ablaze. Yes, yes, they're on fire! Yes. <laughs> So I'd like you to bolt on fire. <laughs> I'd like you to roll damage, and it will apply to each of them. All right. That's a five. Wait, plus um. Wait, what do I add for that? Um, for you, it would be your spell attack bonus, okay, cool. which is plus five. Sweet. So that's ten. Excellent. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't add to the damage, um, just to the attack roll. Oh, to the attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's um, about five, and then. Yeah. And uh, but uh, okay. you also you scored a crit. Oh, basically critted them, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So uh, roll your damage twice then. Sweet. You're wrecked. Uh, seven. Yeah, they they just sort of go up like tinder <laughs> in front of your eyes. Uh, now you have some movement, if you wish. Uh, yeah, oh, I wish. <laughs> you, you probably used uh, a little bit of movement to get the flask out and just throw it to the floor. But other than that, you pretty much got, you know, 25 feet to go. Right. And that, that would get you as far as... Um, that would get you up the stairs to the outside door. Yep, that, that's where I'm going. Okay. Scooting, you, wouldn't be able, you, wouldn't away. Be able, you wouldn't be able to open the door, but you'd be able to get up there for sure. As far as I need to go for now. All right. Uh, as you run across the earthen floor and begin to uh, head up the stairs, a skeletal hand bursts ah! up out of the floor and tries to grab your foot. Oh, God, of course. I'm always grabbed. Nope. All right. Uh, this is basically like an opportunity attack. And uh, it rolls. Please, a one. A total of 17. 17? Yep. Uh, which your AC is 13. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so it grabs you around the ankle. You are now grappled by it. Well, uh, just so happens, <laughs> I have Misty Step. All right, well, you might be able to do that on your next turn. So I'll be okay. Roll, roll initiative, Strix. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. I got a 13. All right, good for you. <laughs> when you say that, I get so concerned. <laughs> Evelyn, you see Paulton begin to stare from his, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, delirium. I uh, He was like laying on a bench, right? Yeah. I was laying on a bench, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I get like right, I kneel down next to the bench. I put my face like right by his face while, as he's waking up. I'm like, how you feeling there, Turbo? Like, oh God, you're right there. Okay, hi. Hi, Paulton. I missed you. Do you feel better? Uh, I've been better. It's you're very loud. You're very oh, loud. Sorry. I'll whisper. How's that? I don't think it's much better. Okay. <laughs> Paulton, as your as your eyes sort of fix on the room, you're still in the inn. It's pretty. It's pretty warm and dry. You can make out the faces of people you dimly recognize as maybe the the innkeeper. Uh, or his wife, and maybe one or two patrons in the background. And Irina is actually standing a few paces behind Evelyn. Palton, do you remember anything? Ha <laughs> uh, That's a question for in a few hours, Palton, and not right now, Palton. Oh, wait, wait, you're, uh, you're not right now, Palton? That's the one? Oh, go ahead. Fill, uh, tell, tell, me, tell me a story. Do you remember D? <laughs> She was oh, a real, real, real big lady. She was yeah, real nice. Yeah. She's yes. gone now. It's real sad. Oh, like like gone like in a better place or just like left? Uh, no, she had to go. Oh, and uh, Arena says not to a better place. <laughs> oh. oh, did I? I thought she was coming back. Right, like they 
when they left, they didn't tell me. So I was like, I don't know. Right. She might be yeah. back. Yeah. I'm hoping she'll come back soon. Cause I really like her. Oh and, yeah. Uh, she was, she was a bit in kettle of fish anyway. And, um, so Diaz kind of got himself just sent to the stocks, you know, how that, that kind of stuff happens. But, um, Isaac said that he's going to go take care of that and bring Diaz back and no worries, but I got a little concerned. So I said, a little worried. Yeah. Well, you know, Isaac seems like kind of a bad guy, but it seemed pretty reasonable. He brought us back here and then he was going to go get Diaz so we could go look for Strix. And he really wanted us to leave. But, you know, by the will of Lathander, we'll see if that happens. Uh, and, uh, so I sent uh, Nikolai and Carl Vochter. I, I made them a, a, a double dare to, to send them over to make sure that Diaz was getting taken care of. And then, uh, oh, they were going to set that that big wicker sun ablaze, the one that's supposed to be for the festival. But, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I missed a lot. Damn. Yeah. Well, did get a nap. Yeah. Yeah, you're well rested. <laughs> uh, where's so, uh, so where's the where's the uh, where's your little demon friend at? Let's, so we kind of got into a little altercation uh, mm-hmm. while you were sleeping, mm-hmm. and uh, her brother was there. I think she just got a little spooked, and she just kind of <laughs> ran off. And we were trying to look for her, and we couldn't find her. So that's kind of where we need to go. Is is look and find where she she ended up, but we don't want to leave Diaz behind if he is still in the stocks, Ugh, you know. So I was thinking maybe as soon as you wake up, maybe drink a little water, we could go check out the town square and see see what's going on because I'm getting a little nervous that uh, Carl and Nikolai still aren't back. How long was I out for? Like a long time. Jeez, I could tell everything fell apart. All right, well. <laughs> I'm here to fix everything. I know, and I like pat you on the cheek. I'm like, this is why we need you so much. Everything just goes to crap when you're not here. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's understandable. Okay, I'm well. I'm I'm good to go when when you are. So let's let's be on our merry way. Woohoo! Let's go. Uh, As you as you turn, you kind of almost run into Arena there, Evelyn, and Arena says, "Perhaps I would be safest at the church." Why? I don't want to visit any unpleasantness upon the uh, the innkeeper. Well, why don't you come with us to the town square? I could do that as well. If you'd like me, I'd happy to, I'll happily come along. That's the easiest way to protect you. I like link right. arms with her. All right. She grabs uh, her brother's sword off the table and uh, clutches it tightly and prepares to set out with the two of you toward the town square. Uh, you guys head out into the rain. Uh... And that even wakes you up more, Paulton. Oh, great. Uh, there's there's rain and fog um, all around the inn, uh, which is sort of right dead set in center of the town with several roads leading here, there, and everywhere. But the road to the town square uh, sort of heads south. And uh, pretty much as soon as you get out onto the road and start to march down the town square, you see a site that is somewhat disturbing. And that is, there appears to be a massive maelstrom of crows. Um, just this uh, huge black, uh, almost like hand of crows over the town square. There must be like thousands of them or hundreds of them at least. You know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on uh, animal behavior, but do you think that looks a little strange there, Paulton? I mean, 
Yes. Yeah. Is that where we're going? Yeah. Yeah. You can also hear uh, a couple what sound like uh, children screaming from that direction. Uh. When I hear that, I immediately like start charging. Let's go. Splish, 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 splish. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Through the muddy streets, charges Evelyn, uh, getting her winged boots just absolutely slathered with mud, but not caring. Uh, Irina, if I notice that they're getting mud on them, I hover over the ground. Okay. <laughs> All right. You begin to float and fl- yeah. flutter above the I'm ground. I'm still running, but just like, you know, like with yes. two inches between me and the ground so I don't splash. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paulton and Irina, you're not as lucky. Uh, you get fiercely caked in mud as you run toward the town square. Great. <laughs> Strix, it is your no! turn. I want to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> He's keeping us in suspense. Oh, I'll grab by a skeleton hand. Yes, it's got a good grip on you. Uh, you could do one of a number of things. You could try to attack it. You could uh, try to pull yourself free using a strength athletics check, or you could try to slip free using a dexterity acrobatics check. I, I'm just going to cast Misty Step. Or that. Get, get out. Okay. Now, Misty Step takes you as far as your line of sight can see, right? Um. It actually just says briefly surrounds by silver mist. You teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. Oh yeah, that you can see. Yeah. Yeah. So as long so as I can see. Get you, that will get you to the top of the stairs and the do- the cellar door leading out. Great. Okay. We'll do it. Yes. Take one of my. Uh, and then uh, that's your action. And then you could use your movement to throw the cellar door open. That's that's what I'm gonna do. All, All right. right, it's I'm it's not locked. Uh, so yes. Oh thank God, because I'm real bad at that. <laughs> You whip it open. Uh, rain begins to fall down on your face, and you are now standing on one side of the house, uh, the south side of the house, as a matter of fact. And uh, make a perception check. I rolled a one. Okay. <laughs> it's not very too busy running. Everything looks good here. Everything looks good. Thumbs up. Uh, you hear, uh, even with your one. Oh, yay. Uh, Still got ears. Uh, sounds like uh, Isaac Strozny. And he is around the front of the house beating on the door. Great. And uh, you know it's him because after pounding on the door multiple times, he calls out your name. Strix! <laughs> Hmm, let's see. He doesn't like crazy woman, but likes me. I'm going to go find him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you run around the, to the front of the house, and yes, you see him. He is standing on the, the step of Wachterhaus. Uh, he has, um, there is a figure lying at his feet on the ground uh, who looks in pretty bad shape. You recognize it as uh, Lady Wachter's spy, Ernst. And Isaac is banging with his fist on one, uh, with one hand, uh, and with his big fiendish hand holding his battle axe. And you can see blood dripping down the blade (laughs) of the battle axe and pooling by his feet. Strix just runs up and goes, Isaac, stop, I'm okay. Go ahead and drop that guy. We're going to get out of here. 
He turns to you. Uh, you see this evil smile cross his face, and he says, "Did she harm you?" She was real mean. Uh, they have a cult downstairs that's <laughs> real bad, and we have to get out of here because I have a feeling that we're going to want to help you get rid of that situation because you don't want there to be a cult in the town, right? She sa- he says, we must destroy her. I mean, I agree with you, but can I let you do that? And then I'm going to go meet up with my friends. He says, Brotherly rage and all that. So, uh, make a persuasion check. Yes. Very, very persuasive strikes. <laughs> Please. Please. Uh, 15. All right. Uh, he leaves the, the bleeding Ernst on the doorstep uh, and with axe in hand, or he just sort of puts his axe up over his shoulder and strides toward you and says, we go together. Uh, as you can see, brother, I am not very not letting strong. you out of my sight again. I'm not very strong. I'm very small. So fighting her is... I have enough strength for all of us. I do not doubt that. But I'm just going to hang back and maybe shoot a couple of firebolts. I'll, I'll stay about 10 feet behind you. He says, I want you to stay closer than that. Uh, that see, your axe swings about at least five feet. So 10 feet is about as close as I could get to you, bro. He says, where are we going? She's in the basement. She's down all in the right. basement. Uh, yeah, you uh, lead him, or he walks around to the ha- to the side of the house. He sees the open doors to the cellar, and uh, he, persuaded by you, uh, begins <laughs> yes. to stomp his way down inside. You get All to right. the top of the stairs. You can see his ominous shadow is now in the cellar, uh, and you can also hear screams and pan- and uh, cries of panic still rising from the cellar from the people you burned. Yep. Uh, do you follow him down into the cellar? This is the lesser of two evil situation right here. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to help him. So, sure, follow him into the cellar. I'm going to give him a little bit of help. Not too close, though. All right. Yes. I'm you just descend. on the stairs after he's killed that skeleton hand. Come back to us, Strix. Yeah, when you uh, when you get to the t- when you descend back down into the cellar, uh, your eyes obviously adjust very quickly to the darkness. Uh, you can see Isaac has landed on the earthen floor of the cellar, and five skeletons erupt from the dirt around him and begin to assail him. While that's going on, you can see that the the fanatics are still putting out their cloaks and rolling on the ground, uh, while Lady Fiona sort of uh, chides them for. Uh, not having enough faith. Oh. Um, Lady Fiona does take note of your shadow in the, at the top of the stairs. And she just just, waves a finger at you. And I'm like, suck it, Bert. (laughs) Wow. All right. uh, Do you, uh, do you want to, on your turn, uh, make any sort of attack action or anything? while you're going to help Isaac. Where's the grimoire? Good question. The grimoire, you believe, is still in the room with the pentagram behind Lady Vokter. Right. I'm not going to be able to get there fast enough, so... <sighs> yeah, you'd provoke a lot of opportunity to hack from skeletons. <laughs> from, like, a million skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, I see he's doing fine, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go reunite with my friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just leave him there. <laughs> fine. Okay. I'm like, I was like, you get him, brother. I'll be right back. And he's surrounded by skeletons, going, "Where are you going?" Just you to the town square. It's fine. I, it's fine. Sticks, get back here! Infernal blood, buddy. I'm sorry. Sometimes I make poor decisions. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's fine. All right. You'll be fine. You got a huge arm. You start to run away, looking over your shoulder periodically as Vokter House gets smaller and smaller in your view, uh, making your way south toward the town square. Rix is a winner. <laughs> uh, Evelyn, when you arrive, you can see. Uh, people run, a couple people run past you, uh, fleeing the town square. Uh, an old woman, uh, what you assume to be her grandson, uh, a small boy, basically. Uh, you can also see some people uh, closing the doors of their shops uh, that look out onto the town square, and you can uh, hear people um, uh, running in directions away from you as well. It looks like anybody who was in the town square has just mostly cleared out. And you also see what appears to be a guard being harangued by a flock of ravens. And he's just sort of flailing his arms in the air uh, and kind of covering his face and eyes uh, while running blindly uh, through the muddy square, trying to get away from these damn birds. Jeez. You, uh, also, I, you also see what appears to be some people in stocks who aren't being bothered by the birds at all. Uh, uh, they've, they range in size from full adults to young children. They're all wearing paper mache donkey heads. In the stocks? Yeah, they're basically locked in the stocks with uh, donkey heads on. So I couldn't, I couldn't see if DS was still in the stocks then. Uh, you would be able to tell based on what he was wearing that mm-hmm. he is not in the stocks. Uh, but you're not, you're not really drawn to the stocks uh, so much as to the gallows, which are on the opposite side of the square. And the reason your eye is drawn there is there are some ravens perched on top of the gallows, uh, squawking loudly and hanging by a noose, dangling there lifelessly, is Diath. <gasps> oh, no! I scream, no! And I meet like, like boots behind me fly directly toward Diath to try to like get him down from there in the hopes that he might still be breathing. All right. And then Paulton and Irina, you're very close behind. You see the same thing. You see uh, Diath's lifeless corpse dangling from the gallows. Uh, uh, you also notice, Paulton, since this is your first time kind of looking around, that uh, you can see the buildings in the town square decorated with limp, tattered garlands and painted wooden boxes filled with tiny dead flowers. Uh, it looks like the remnants of previous festivals, basically. Um, in addition to the, peop- the peasants locked in the stocks, uh, you see what appears to be a crumbling stone fountain uh, rising from the center of which is a gray statue of an impressive man facing west. Uh, you can also see proclamations on various boards and walls and doors that say, come one, come all to the greatest celebration of the year, the festival of the blazing sun. Attendance and children required, rain or shine, all will be well, signed the Baron. Screw that, not all is well. When I intercept Dieth, I just try to like grab him around the waist and lift him up. Okay, now the, the gallows are sort of raised up a bit, but there is a trap door in the floor of the gallows 
that DF is sort of hanging down in. So you can either crawl under the gallows and sort of push him up by the feet and lower legs, or you can climb onto the gallows and sort of just try to lift his body up and offset some of the, the pressure or weight or whatever. Yeah, I like one foot on either side of the trap door kind of thing, okay. grab him around the waist, lift right. him up. Yeah. And you're not a particularly tall figure, but no, you're No, I'm strong. very small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Paulton, while she's doing this, what do you do? I'm, I'm just just in shock. Just Diaz's corpse. I'm just like, oh, God, Diaz, this place is kind of depressing. Diaz, no! And then I'm um, just like, well, Evelyn seems to have it. I'll just... <laughs> All right. We'll get him, tiger. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, while you're lamenting Diath, uh, Irina uh, kind of puts a one of her cold hands on your shoulder to comfort you, but it doesn't feel like much of a comfort. <laughs> yeah, and you sort of shed her her touch. <laughs> and uh, by the way, none of the ravens here seem to bother Evelyn, you, or Irina in the slightest. They seem to be just be clearing out the square and chasing off townsfolk and guards. Uh, Evelyn, you are able to uh, sort of heave DF up. His neck, his neck is still hooked in the noose, however. Uh, so you're kind of like holding on to him. He is no longer, um, the weight of him is no longer pulling him down. Uh, but he seems uh, drained of life and limp in your grasp. No! So I can't reach, like, I can't reach up and try to, like, get the noose off of his head? No. Not while I'm you're too doing little. what you're Yeah, not while you're doing what you're doing. You need another person to help you or something. Have I seen Strix? Uh, you have not. I yell, Paulton, get oh. over here and help me. Okay. I head over and help. Get the noose off his neck. Okay. Um, Paulton, uh, uh, you climb up onto the gallows. Uh, you can certainly uh, pull the noose off him. Uh, when you do, his head tilts at an unnatural <gasps> no <laughs> oh 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 no oh no oh no 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 thank you no oh that's not good that's not good at all yeah. um, um and now he's completely um free of the contraption and you can either lay him down or do whatever you want with him but i try. his eyes his eyes are open his tongue's hanging out and his head is bent at a weird angle no <laughs> I just like go to them like, hey, you, uh, he's not looking good. I tried to like take his pulse. There isn't one. No. (laughs) I, I'm like, Evelyn is like visibly very shaken and very upset. Like tears are starting to roll down her face and you can see this like internal struggle that she's having. And she kind of kneels down and like puts both hands on Dia and then like, takes a deep breath and then starts slowly saying a prayer to Lathander, like blessing his life and committing him to the light. But it's like slow and methodical and not her usual lilting, like bless us Lord, morning Lord, blah, 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 blah. It's just very like it. She's pulling it out of her soul as hard as she possibly can while the tears are streaming down her face. And I'm providing a very somber background tune as she's reciting. (laughs) That makes me cry harder. I'm like, Evelyn? oh no, whoops. Okay. <laughs> Evelyn, while you do that, um, this weird thing happens to you, which has never actually happened to you before. Although you've heard 
through your religious schooling and everything, you've heard that it can happen. It's a sort of very, very profound moment. But the world around you just seems to slow to a crawl, almost like your voice and your your chant is sort of governing time. Whoa. The rain starts to sort of fall slowly and the birds you see just sort of flapping very slowly, people running away very slowly. Um, the music uh, is much more slow uh, um, from Paulton's instrument. And uh, it's just like you are totally owning this moment in time. Whoa. Uh, I look around as this is happening. Yeah, and the and rain, rain and tears are coming down your face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm in control of time. Um, it's a weird feeling. It's like somehow the the world is responding to your dismay, hmm. um, and just sort of uh, this moment is is just sort of moving by in slow motion, in a way that makes it like it's something you will never be able to forget. Uh, do I feel? Hmm. If I feel this great power that I am channeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I try, like, I was doing this prayer, like, because Evelyn believes that, you know, when you move on from this life, you just move into a different light and you're, you're on a path ultimately to the light and that yeah. this was Diaz's next step into the light, but she's feeling this deep sense of personal loss. So she yeah. continues this prayer, but she like places her hand on his heart yeah. and then says to Lathander something to the effect of like, Great and merciful morning, Lord, if there is anything left for him to do on this path with us, let it be done now. Can you save his life? Okay. Uh, You do not get any divine response. And Mm. uh, more uh, importantly, you get this sudden sort of shudder, this shuddering sense that uh, he has not gone into the light. (gasps) He has not gone into the light? No. Uh, I ask for guidance. I say, Lathander, morning, Lord, I feel a great disturbance. What, tell me what I should do as your servant. And I just like, like I'm trying my hardest to reach up and, and hear the will of Lathander. Okay. Uh, Paulton, you are not aware of any of this going on in evil and everything seems pretty normal to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, time is not slowed down or anything like that, but you do get the, it's like there was this chaos with the birds and the running and the people. And then after a moment of dealing with Diath and playing your music and just sort of helping Evelyn uh, cope with the situation, you look around and the town square is desolate. It's like all the birds are gone practically, except a few fluttering here and there. The townsfolk have certainly run away and you just hear the sound of rain coming down eaves and other sort of other kind of storm sounds. You hear thunder. Uh, and uh, when you look up at the sky, you see um, briefly a menacing form in the clouds that looks vaguely like a gigantic skull. Oh, that's concerning. And then it just sort of dissolves into the gray morass of clouds over your head. Uh, And that's when you see Strix. as she uh, comes uh, into the town square. And Strix, you see your friends on the gallows um, leaning over what you assume to be DF. 
she's she's still running, but she's just yelling, going, no, 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 I didn't put him in the dead book. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault this time. It wasn't my fault. No one's going to die. It's not my fault. And she's like running and running and running and she's crying and she's like throws herself on the ground and is like, you stupid priest, let's get him to the temple. No one dies here. Cutters don't die. There's no end. No one goes to the light. They go somewhere else and it's just as bad. We have to go someplace to raise him. We can raise him. It's fine. Your fugue, Evelyn, is shattered by Strix's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Time returns to normal. Uh, DF uh, is still dead at your feet. Uh, and you you have this this coldness in your heart that uh, something has has basically trapped his soul. He cannot go into the light. Not here. No one goes into the light here. Can I do a religion check just to see if there's anything else I know about this that I would know from like my instruction, or or is that basically everything I would know? Just uh, I know his soul. Didn't you could make a religion check for sure. Okay. Um, also, in my mind now, Strix is a hundred percent. Totally not cool with her brother. <laughs> uh, 12. Uh, the only thing that occurs to you at this point, given everything that you've experienced and seen, is last rites. Mm. Okay. So I I tell... I like, like, there's a temple here. Let's take him to the temple! <laughs> well, ask the cutters there to use their weird mojo to bring it back. No one's gone. Uh, you're right. I'm kind of like shaking my head. Grabbing on her robes with my dirty hands and like messing up her armor. And I'm like, listen to me. (laughs) I I gather, uh, DF up. Can I carry him? I'm really strong. Yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's only awkward because he is considerably taller than you. Uh Other than that, you can certainly carry him. Okay. Uh, I do this, even though it's difficult for me, I do it with less like teeth that in determination because now you know you know that you've left horses at the inn which is on the way to the church Mm -hmm. you also can find here if you want a cart there are lots of there are lots of carts left behind in the town square evelyn is like like single-minded determination right now she doesn't even think about the cart she's just like holding dieth and she starts like she nods to Strix and doesn't even say anything and just starts like walking toward the inn to get the horses and head on to the church. And All Strix right. is nonstop. Stop. Yep. She just keeps talking. She's like, no, no, no. I get, there's a good, the dusties, the, the dead book. It was, I don't know where I'm doing the leafless street. She's just yelling, like scratching at her robes and just like pulling out things and throwing them on the ground. And nice. She's having uh, Paul, a breakdown. Uh, Paulton, are you uh, going to continue to play as DF is picked up and hauled away? Or are you going to pack up your instrument? I'm gonna. I'm figuring this is probably probably a good time to back it up and tag along. Okay, Arena will do the same. Um, she, you can see that she's somewhat at a loss. She doesn't know. She doesn't know DF as well as you do. Uh, but she seems to. Uh, the look on her face suggests that she she's more than familiar with the pain of loss, uh, and uh, nothing stings more than a a loss. Uh, um, of of uh, someone you trust, um, and she will follow with sword in hand, um, kind of keeping an eye on the on the ravens a bit. All right, uh, you're able to make your way back toward the inn. Um, uh, 
you can see that uh, Danica and Irwin are sort of waiting underneath the overhang, the second floor overhang uh, next to the well in front of the main entrance. Uh, they both look very nervous. And uh, when they see you, uh, their concerns are justified. And uh, they come over and they ask you, uh, is there anything, if there's anything they can do? And this is this is the guards, is that what you said? Sorry, this is uh this is uh Irwin and Danica Markov, oh. the innkeepers. Gotcha. Strix just stumbles up to him and is like, I know this might be a lot to ask, but a little just have a bottle of bob for me, just like uh just a I'm just gonna carry it with Yeah. Me. Irwin will actually give you his personal flask um, of good stuff. He's he says that the, he says it's uh it's rich red dragon crush wine. Oh, good, because the wine that crazy evil lady gave me was super gross. It was probably blood. Uh, 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 Danica says, uh, we heard from the keepers that uh, your friend uh, was was hanged. I am so sorry. Uh, are, you, are you taking him to the temple? I see them and like these questions that they're asking us, I don't even stop. Like I okay. nod at them and okay. I just keep, I go right toward Valentina. I don't even All say right. anything. I just have like singular purpose. All right. You put, uh, what, you put DF up on Valentina. Uh, Irwin will help you because he's like six foot four and he can actually get yeah. up. <laughs> and actually uh, he'll help you up onto the horse just to expedite things. Um, I accept his help gratefully. And uh, once that's done, uh, he lets you go on your way without a word. Um, and uh, he's also got Walter. He pulls Walter out. Uh, so you know, Paulton, I, I wait for Paulton and uh, Strix to get on Walter. Walter. Okay. Um, who's, uh, who's controlling the reins on Walter? I guess I will. I'm not carrying or pushing, oh. so. All right. And Paulton, you're, way around riding, a horse. you're riding behind her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Arena, time I get to ride the horse in the front. Oh. Arena is going to, she says uh, she'll stay at the inn briefly uh, just to um, let folks know what she saw. And also um, she asks you, Strix, where's Isaac? What happened to him? So, oh, she's like, takes another drink of this. So, the crazy lady in the big crazy house, she was real mean. And then Isaac found me and I set everything on fire and I left him to kill her. So just so you know, he's might come back. He might not. Uh, hoping he doesn't hoping that's a not. Okay. It comes back dead or is dead. Arena will say that she'll wait at the inn in case D returns. And if D returns, um, she'll, uh, she and Dee will hook up with you as soon as possible. Good. Stay away from those families. They're bad for this town. They're fighting each other. But the other one, the Lady Vachter, stay away from her. She, She's friends with the big bad guy, the big bad blood, Strahd. Uh, Irina will nod. And you guys head off to St. Andral's Church a slouching centuries-old stone church on the west side of town, within the walls. It has a bulging steeple in the back and walls lined with cracked stained glass windows depicting pious saints. A fence of wrought iron encloses a garden of gravestones next to the church, 
and the thin mist creeps among the graves. As you approach the front of the uh, church, you can see the, the doors are closed. Uh, there is a figure over in the graveyard who seems to be smoothing out one of the graves with a shovel. Probably like a freshly dug or freshly laid grave. Um, this figure is hard to make out, but he looks like a young man, dark, sort of ominous silhouette. He seems to be the only sign of life in the area. But the church doors are right in front of you. Uh, I basically just don't stop until I've dismounted, taken Diaz, taken him to like the front of the church or the altar or whatever is there and kind of like laid him down. And then I wait for Paulton and Strix to join me like expectantly. I stand there like preparing myself. All right, Evelyn, make a perception check. For, uh, 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 <laughs> where, um, <laughs> so your bonus is plus one. There it is. Yep. It's wrong on my character sheet. 15. Okay. Uh, with a 15, you notice, uh, Carved into the architrave above the doorway is a symbol that looks familiar to you. It is a symbol of the Morning Lord, but it's an ancient one. And it matches uh, the symbol on uh, Lady uh, Lydia Petrovna's rosary that she gave you. Ooh. Okay. And uh, uh, you guys all planning to go inside the church then? I'm going to ask the guy who's burying him just be like hey come i'm also uh, probably drunk at this point who who are you burying uh he sort of this is what he looks like (laughs) oh such a handsome great handsome fella yeah uh and uh but he sort of gives you this this somber dour look and he says no one No, no one. That's a weird name. All right, let's go back. <laughs> I like hold out my hand as soon as Paulton and Strix come to the door. I hold out my hands to them, like a "come, come join me." Okay. Uh, when you go into the church, you do see a figure kind of moving among the pews, uh, and uh, he, he's almost lich-like. He's thin, gaunt, old man, human. Uh, but is obviously uh, in the final few years of his life. And uh, you can see uh, there is also an altar boy at the far end of the chapel uh, fidgeting with some candlesticks uh, near the altar. Uh, When the priest sees you, uh, he turns a little pale. Do I, as a paladin... Like in thinking about things like last rites or ceremonies or anything like that, am I, do I feel as equipped to perform those as a priest would, or am I more just like a warrior for the cause? Uh, you're more of a warrior for the cause. You were taught certain basic last rites, basically battlefield mm-hmm. last rites, nothing too elaborate, but um, to basically lay comrades to arms at rest. Okay. Uh, uh, so, you know, you know, basic ones. Um, you feel like you're equipped to do at least that much. But his last rites would be like 
a couple HP higher than my last rights. Yeah, he'd be he'd be uh, quoting scriptures that you wouldn't you okay. probably wouldn't do. So I say, fellow servants of the morning lord, I greet you in the name of Lathander. I come bearing a fallen comrade and must perform last rites. Are you a serv- are you the priest here? Yes. I'm Father Lucian. Father Lucian. Oh, I forgot I had an accent because I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> when Evelyn gets well, out of Evelyn's so sad, her accent went away. I don't know what to do. He says, Father Lucian Petrovic at your service. I'm very pleased to make your acquaintance. I am sorry for your loss. Thank you. I would I would like to but say it doesn't have to be a loss. We can bring him back. Use your did whatever. You know, there's other planes. There's a million planes. There's a million places. I'm like yelling at this old man. Strix is just, uh, as, as you start yelling on. at him, everybody becomes aware that there are actually a few like villagers in kind of cloaks in some of the back pews, just sort of praying quietly. And their prayers are being interrupted <laughs> by this sort of by a screaming devil. By a screaming, by a screaming devil woman who is just <laughs> come striding into their church to berate this priest. And you can see that they all just sort of shrink and shrivel into the shadows, um, terrified, terrified, utterly. As she's screaming, I just kind of walk up and I put a hand on Strix's shoulder. I'm like, time and place. I won't give up. Well, if I try. At you, Paulton, very loudly. Okay. Well, don't know all I can here. Uh, uh, priest Lucian says, it is possible to bring back the dead. I told you! I look at Evelyn very poignantly. But there is only one man in this land who has ever done it to the best of my knowledge. And I would guess that would be Strahd. Oh, no! No! No, this is a, a force of light! But, Father... We should let our friend move from this. No, no, no! Path you can bring him back. Shush, shush, you paladin! This is his your, path. your bone no. box, your pie hole. Do not believe that, my dear. The, <laughs> the souls of the dead cannot pass into the afterlife here. The mists, the mists prevent any such escape. <gasps> Those who die here are damned to stay here forever. I'm like petrified by this idea. This is terrifying. Is there nothing we can do to... Now to we're speaking my language. Pay him his respects and give him his last rights? This is... This is a, we must help him on his way to the light, whether no, it's he's bringing not him going back. to the light, Evelyn. I'm talking about the light. He's not going oh to the light. Oh, my God. You're we all are cut out. off from the light. We are cut off from the light here as long as the mists surround us. And they will always surround us. As long as the devil has us in his clutches. So if we need to help Paul to, or Diaz get to the light, then we need to bring him back to life right now so that he can get to the light once we get out of this damned place. He well, says, who is this person that can bring him back to life? Tell us now. Oh, God, I hate you so much. I love you too, Strix. <laughs> says, the abbot of St. Markovia Abbey. The abbot. Strix is like writing it down and she's just like writing it in the list of things they need and just being like, all right, horse is ready, time to go. Thanks. Thanks, Cutter. He brought back from the dead the son of the burgomaster of Kresk. 
the Burgermaster of Kresk. Or so they say. And where can we find where can we find this Abbey, Markovia Abbey? The Abbey of St. Markovia is on a mountain above the village of Kresk, far to the west at the edge of Strahd's domain. Far to the west. How far? How long will it take us to get there? He says, you must travel through wolf-infested forest. Follow the road, the old Svalik road. It will lead you there. How many days? He says, you can be there. Oh, you can be there in a day if you're lucky. Then let's go. We have no time to lose. I would assume that a fresher dead body is better to bring back to life than a deader dead body. So let's get moving. Evelyn's start, starting That's to get the smartest like smartest thing you've ever said, Evelyn. She's starting to get her like her rosiness back. She's starting to smile. She's excited about this. So she like, again, is picking up Diaz kind of like this time instead of like, you know, this death procession, like c- cradling him and plodding. She's more like kind of fireman carry, like, let's go, let's get them all healed up. And she's like rallying people to come out the door. And just like that, she's good. All right. We might need help to get him there. It's just three of us. We're down one person. What about your brother? He's real strong. Well, we could go get him, but he's also a horrible monster. And super evil. Oh, evil's no good. We can't use it. What about Arena? We should grab Arena. Arena could help us. Yeah. But we also promised to protect her. Well, we can't protect her if we're not with her. Uh, that's true. You do have a big axe thing. I mean, I can protect us all. I'm just saying that Arena being at the inn isn't doing us any favors in the protecting her department. <sighs> that's true. We need help. We can't do this, just the three of us. I say we ride for the inn, we get arena, and we head for the St. Markovia Abbey as soon as possible. Right. That sounds good. All right. So just as as fast as you blew into this church, you blow out. (laughs) (laughs) I wave goodbye to the handsome handsome grave digger. (laughs) Bye. You're just like, do you want to get drinks later? He just kind of trepidatiously holds up a hand. And, uh... May the light always shine upon you! He says... Uh... Actually, he doesn't know what to say. because <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know what you came to the, the church for. He just sort of ran in and you ran back out. He just sort of gives you a, a, a dumb stare. Uh... Not, not quite fathoming who you are, what you are, why you've come, or where you're going. Uh, and uh, so with that, you head back to the inn. Uh, when you get to the inn, you see Irina is still there waiting for you. She has not seen any sign of D or of or of D's patron, Rictavio. Bo- they both seem to have disappeared. Oh, yeah. I would have wanted to get D, too. It's unfortunate D's not here, but we have no time to waste, Arena. We have to go to St. Markovia Abbey right now, and I would like you to come with us so that we can protect you, and maybe you could also help us as well. She says, uh, I, I have my sword ready to serve. Is there anyone else that looks like they may be someone we should recruit? Uh, well, as you may recall, uh, among the only other patrons here were two uh, professional wolf hunters. 
Oh yeah, we don't want them. Why not? <laughs> that sounds cool. They're friends with the crazy lady. They're that's, they're that's what they look sons. like. Oh. Oh no, these they're not the sons. Oh good. Uh, crazy lady's sons, uh, Carl and Nikolai, Evelyn sent off into the town, and you haven't seen them since. And they were pretty, oh, they were, they, plast- were- <laughs> they were plastered out of their gourd. Um, oh, and wow. they were planning to set the wicker sun on fire. Yes. So hopefully that happens because that'd be hilarious. Uh, but uh, these two, um, according to Erwin Martikoff, the innkeeper, are expert wolf hunters. Um, I walk up to them and I say, gentlemen, I have heard you are skilled in hunting wolves. We have need of someone with that skill as we must travel far and we must go through de- dangerous territory and we must do it fast. They kind of look at you uh, and uh, look at each other and then look at you and uh, Yevgeny says... Uh, where are you going? St. Markovia Abbey. He says you'll be trapped out in the woods at night. Is that a problem? It is dangerous <laughs> to tra- to uh, spend nights in the cursed realm without walls to protect you. Oh. And uh, the other guy nods. He says walls. Uh, well, I like rub two gold pieces together and I'm like, Got some, got some jink for you if you want to help us. Got some gold. Evgeny sort of looks at, you, at the two gold coins and he says, I fancy my life worth a lot more than two gold. So well, some if, Burks don't, so don't judge. So if we were to wait till says, morning. He says, if we wait till morning, five gold pieces for the each trip. Or together. He says, total. If you want to travel at night, a hundred gold pieces. Give <laughs> well, some time to think about it. You have a hundred gold go pieces? Five. Let's go with five. <laughs> Let's do five. Okay, I think that's a good idea. Okay, yeah. You're very wise, Paulton. I appreciate that about you. If you we go with less too. money, we might have less of a chance to bring Dave back. Arena I mean, says, Arena says, if we don't go soon and, and don't risk the night in the woods, we could run into more uh, forces from the Burgomaster or this crazy lady Vokter that you spoke and of. And they're real bad. I like to tell Evelyn, like, Evelyn, she, it was, okay. This, this is Evelyn, a very listen. bad town. We are, we're probably worse off here than out with the wolves. She's, she's right, Evelyn. They have a pentagram. Do you know what that is? This is the <gasps> devil symbol, Evelyn? You know, I, I like bless myself. <laughs> Do you know, like, and, and Paulton, do you know what black robes, hoods, and red lining means? Vaguely. <laughs> it means evil, bad, yep. cult business. We need to get out of here. Worse than wolves, bad? Yeah. So Irina sort of puffs out her chest at the two wolf hunters and says, my name is Irina Kolyana. I am the daughter of Burgomaster Ismar Kolyanovich of Barovia. My brother Ismark the Lesser or sorry, Kolyan Indirovich of Barovia. My brother, Ismark the Lesser is acting burgomaster now. He will reward you for seeing me safely to Kresk. Nice. And that they, sounds like a hundred gold to me. Uh, and uh, the two wolf hunters uh, down the rest of their drinks, uh, throw their big wolf pelts over their shoulders, grab their weapons, and just head out. It's on. We got some meat shields. Yep. All right, roll out. I say, well, still drinking the raw wine and asking for a bit more before we leave. 
And Arena will uh, confide in you that she wasn't sure that was going to work, but she's glad it did. <laughs> yeah, damn. I'll give her like a little, a little high five. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, DF currently is just lying on the back of the horse. He's not covered. He's not. I want to find a blanket to like wrap him in. Okay. And Erwin uh, will also give you some ropes and stuff so you can sort of tie the blankets around him a bit so he doesn't, the blankets don't slip off in transit or all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it basically looks like a, a bundled corpse-sized... A corpse burrito. Yeah, corpse burrito uh, slumped over the back of uh, your horse, Valentina. Mm -hmm. um, now, the, uh, the wolf hunters, they don't have horses, uh, but that's fine. With the mud on the roads, your horses aren't going to make much greater pace than walking speed anyway. Uh, so they'll just follow along on foot. Irina um, would very much like uh, to ride a horse. And uh, to that end, Erwin uh, Martikoff, the uh, 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 innkeeper, will offer up one of the horses in his stables. For free? Uh, well, he hopes that it will be returned at some point. But he doesn't, like, make us rent it or anything? No, he doesn't make you rent it. Um, he's, he's far too helpful a man to even consider charging you money. Uh, I, when he does that, I, like, take his hand between mine and I, I, I bring it to my, my heart like this and I say a blessing, like, may the morning Lord shine upon your house and may he bless every corner with sunshine and with goodwill for all of your days, for you have helped those less fortunate than you, and he will remember you. Both Andrew bless you. I'm just right. like, ignore the bone box. Thanks for helping us. The what? <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see, what else can he do? Oh, um, Erwin says, since you are traveling west, and he says this to you after you say these kind words to him, Ibrahim, he says, since you are heading west, uh, we are getting dangerously low on our supplies of wine. Our shipment from the Wizard of Wine's winery is overdue. <laughs> the winery is very close to Kresk. If you get a chance, an opportunity to learn what has befallen our shipment? Uh, I would be most eager to learn. I'm going to be honest that uh, bringing our friend back to life is going to take a little bit of priority over oh, the. Oh no, I understand. Wine, but if, if opportunity presents itself. Totally, totally. I totally understand. Uh, he says, uh, "Our family, the Martikovs, run the Wizard of Wines Winery." So if you find yourself in grave trouble, you can go there and expect same uh, hospitality. Why, thank you, I curtsy. I will certainly take them up on that. Uh, Danica sort of looks at her husband and says, are you sure about that? <laughs> and uh, Erwin says, he's fine, he's fine. They, they, they good. They're fine. <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, you guys head off three horses, two men on foot, to the west gates of Valaki. Uh, Soldar and Yevgeny, your two hunters, they say, uh, 
we are coming to the gates now. Uh, the guards will want to know where we're going. What do you want us to tell them? Why not tell them the truth? No, nope. Why? There is a you crazy... want to tell them that you're taking your friend no. raised from the dead? There is a crazy civil war going on here. Say that we're going to go bury him outside of the village because he was not a resident of this village. We can we can let them know that we are on official business for the Wizards of Wine Winery. And we are checking out what's going on with their shipments. That's, I mean, that's not a lot. idea. You're, you're much better at lying than me, Paulton. Sometimes I am concerned about that. Mm, no worries. Okay. He's just very clever, Strix. Arena says we might need both stories because that, uh, the story about the winery will not explain why we're carrying a corpse out of the town. Uh, that's just a burrito. <laughs> this man really, really needed his wine. <laughs> oh, he's passed out. Let's just tell him he's passed out. Let's just tell him that he just drank too much and we're taking him back to the winery. I mean, does it really look like a body? Really? Does it totally does. Okay. I just look at it and I'm like, mm. it's, it's in a gray, it's in a gray sheet all bundled up with rope. <laughs> Are we at the gate or is this like... Uh, yeah, pretty much you're coming up to the gate now and you can see there are two guards, uh, both uh, uh, women, uh, standing to each side of the closed gate. I, I say, I think Paulton should do the talking. Says two women guards? Yep. It's like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I just pull my hood up and try to look as unappeal as appealing as possibly. Okay. Which is hard. <laughs> so, right. it's like, ladies, how are you doing today? <laughs> the, t- the two guards don't seem to have much uh, soul or, or spark of life to them. They, uh, uh, you can see that they're, they're both sort of uh, haggard, wet, and miserable. And, uh, but they are standing with these pikes, basically, to each side of the gate. And uh, they nod to you, and one of them says, where are you going? <laughs> I'm like, ooh, a feisty one, I like it. So, um, we are on official business from... You're not working for the Vistani, are you? Oh, 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 please, 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 absolutely not. No, no, we are on uh, official business from... Uh, you seem awfully colorful, like Vistani. <laughs> Ma'am, that is deeply offensive, and I suggest I just finish... Explaining our business here. We are on business from the Wizards of Wine Winery. We've been having some trouble with shipments lately, and uh, we just need to pass through to see what's going on. We heard that maybe there might there's rumors going around that it's possibly being held up by someone offhandedly mentioned two female guards, and I just want to dispel any kind of rumors that could bring fall to anybody involved. So, um... <laughs> All right, make a persuasion check. Will do. And the other guard says, "You're very handsome." Are you? Are you? Thank you. Are you? One of them says, "Are you married?" (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not that married, for all intents and purposes. I'm just. My last husband died. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Why? I'm looking for a new one. Oh, he's oh, so available. Just so you oh, you're, so you're gonna knock him dead, honey. I believe in you. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, she smiles at that. Um, you can see she's had a couple teeth knocked out. Uh, and uh, But she and her compatriot throw open the gates and wave to you as you leave. Like, bye, ladies. As I pass her, I'm like, he's totally into you. And she's like, come back soon. She's like, no promises. <laughs> the other one's like, watch out for wolves. <laughs> what? And then as they're closing the gates, uh, she says, they're going to get eaten. <laughs> that was that. That was good acting you did there, Paulton. The the acting about thinking that that girl was pretty, right? <laughs> I'm just like I'm just tuning up my loot. I'm just like, what? Uh, yeah. n- nothing. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. I'm just like. <laughs> Blindness runs deep. <laughs> As the gates close and make that sort of chink, chink sound behind you, you can hear the guards are still arguing with each other uh, about whether or not you guys are going to live and die. And they, the two women take bets. Uh, they each place a bet. Uh, one of them believes absolutely you're going to survive because you've got the great wolf hunters with you. They'll lead you to wherever you need to go. The other one's like, oh, they're they're, they're just drunks. They're no good at anything. <laughs> they, could, they couldn't kill a wolf on their best day with a wolf-killing machine. Um, and uh, Oh, yeah, a wolf-killing machine. We could have bought one of those before he yeah, left. You totally should have. Darn. All right. Now you have headed off into the, once more, into the Barovian wilderness. So as you leave Valakai behind, or Valaki behind, you begin to uh, follow the trail back into the thick woods. I'd like you all to make a perception check, please. Yeah. 16. 13. 13. 13. 6. 6. <laughs> and Arena. All good here. Too busy tuning the loot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Evelyn and Irina, you both notice that there is uh, just, well, immediately outside of the gates, there are some old cottages that look like they've been abandoned and abandoned for years. These cottages are sort of collapsing in on themselves. Like at one point, people were safe enough to actually live outside the town, but no longer. And then uh, a little past those ruined cottages, you see on the left side of the of the road, uh, a trail heading off into forest and going uphill. And you hear the sounds of distant music in that direction. Uh, and also, at, at certain points along the road, you can sort of see through gaps in the trees that there seems to be some sort of uh, encampment at the top of that hill. Does it sound like Vistani music? It does. Oh, look, our friends of Vistani are out here too. Maybe they have some walls we could hide behind or maybe like a tent we could bring. Do tents count as walls? But this, is, this, this uh, hilltop encampment is only about, you know, it's only a few thousand yards outside of uh, Valaki proper. Um, uh, and it's kind of a little bit off the beaten track from where you are headed towards Kresk. So it's really a choice whether or not you want to divert, follow the trail to the Vistani encampment or continue on the old Svalik road toward Kresk. I asked the wolf hunters 
is there any supply that we could get from potential friends that might help us with uh, getting through this forest or is just haste the best tactic? He says, we should not rush and tire ourselves out. We may have to fight. Well, we have just left. So, I'm, I mean, I was wondering if hypothetically we could maybe borrow a tent, if that would maybe keep us safer because you said that we needed some walls. We can rest with the Vistani. They let us rest with them before. And then we won't have to deal with the crazy civil war inside the town. He, uh, One of the wolf trappers, uh, Evgeny, says, those Vistani aren't very friendly. I don't know. They've always been pretty cordial to us. He says, well, if you want to go talk to them, then let's go talk to them. What do you think, Paulton and Strix? (laughs) (laughs) They might not be the same Vistani as before, Evelyn. I'm not sure. But if we have to fight the wolves to get there, which I know we are going to have to fight the wolves. People are betting on us dying, which is never a good sign in any situation. (laughs) We should at least see if they have something to help us. All right, let's go. We know they're not friends with Strahd, which really, if you're not friends with Strahd, then you're friends with us. Well put. Uh, Yevgeny and uh, his buddy say, we will wait here for you. We'll be in that ruined cottage over there. But isn't splitting up kind of a bad idea if there's so many dangers lurking here in the forest? He says, the wolves do not bother the Vistani. Well, yeah, but what about you? We kill wolves. Yeah. And we are still close enough to the town. But we will not go to the Vistani. They're bad news. <laughs> one of the other one, the other guy says bad news. <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys want to be all prejudiced against a, a certain kind of people, then that's fine. I just kind of mutter and I'm like turning around to go toward the Vistani. Yeah. He says, yeah, they're terrible people. We'll wait here. And <laughs> they, want, they, they want their, they want their money, Evelyn. Don't you, don't you know money? It's a motivator for some people. Yeah. Uh, the the wolf hunters don't seem terribly perturbed. Like they they you get the sense that they reckon you'll be back this way um, after you've dealt with the Vistani. Okay. Um, and they 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 seem pretty easygoing. Uh, when you head off into the woods, uh, the trees soon part to reveal an expansive clearing uh, with a small grass covered hill that has low houses built into its sides. Fog obscures the details, but you can see that these buildings feature elegantly carved woodwork and have decorative lanterns hanging from their sculpted eaves. Atop the hill, above the fog, is a ring of barrel-topped wagons that surround a large tent with a column of smoke pouring out through a hole in the top. The tent is brightly lit from within. Even at this distance, you can smell the odors of wine and horses that emanate from this central area. Let's go. I bet there's someone who can help us in that big tent. We should try and get some supplies. Yeah, the trail you're on sort of curls up the hill toward the ring of uh, Vistani wagons and the tent at the top. But there are also small little footpaths leading to the various 
houses embedded in the bottom of the hillside, uh, basically at the base of the hill. I'm going to show you a little cross view here if I can. Oh, uh, there. See oh, that? Cool. Oh, nice. It's a little Vistani Hobbitshire. Yeah, exactly. Ah. And uh, so, do you want to? go toward the houses at the bottom or the encampment at the top? Uh, I would say the encampment at the top. I would say the houses, Evelyn. Well then, Palton, you're the tiebreaker. Where do you think we should start? Mm. We have a body with us. We have a body with us. Mm. Dead body with us, just so you guys know. Our good friend is dead, so we don't want to walk into a Vistani village with a dead body. I'm pretty sure they have something against that. So why don't we just go down to one of the doors and just knock and just say, hey, where can we find some supplies? We have a journey. We need to go somewhere. We need to go into the forest. Like, who can help us? Uh, where were the uh, uh, scents of wine coming from? <laughs> no, you, no. No, 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 no. Up the hill. Uh, it's like, I mean, I'm, no, I'm no, running no, pretty no, dry no, right now. No. Our friend is dead, Paulton. Yeah, but, and I am sober. So, I mean, we're all losing right now. Good Lord. Trix just starts crying. <laughs> She's on oh, the ground now. now. Now it's weird for everyone. She's on the ground. She's rolling around on the ground. <laughs> I, I She's doing down. that thing where she just like lies on the ground and cries. <laughs> I, I get down on the ground next to her. Off Valentina, get down and like just get down and hug her as tight as I can and just hold on to her. And he's like trying to roll around. Me, I'm mourning. Also, now, like, now your clothes are real dirty because you touched me. Uh, you know Burn. how when, you know how when there's like a little dog that's freaking out and you have to hold it really tight to just get it to like <laughs> like stop. That's what I'm trying to do. And as Strix said, like your clothes are really dirty. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like really not enjoying it, but I'm committing to like calming Strix down. So I'm just holding her until she stops. All right. I'm still crying. <laughs> Going well. Yeah. So this goes on for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> until she like kind of stops freaking out. I, and then I said, let's go knock at a door. Don't let Paulton go. All right, all right, fine. Paulton, he's gonna get a little little fit. We just have to. You know. Oh my God, I I don't care. Let's just do whatever it is. I mean, I don't even care about our friend who's dead. I mean, I don't think he cares. He's dead. (laughs) Paulton, that's a little bit insensitive. A little bit. Just a little bit. Now let's just let everybody just calm down. Just go to a house. We're wasting time. Come on. All right. Uh, as you advance toward one of these small houses, uh, a grim, gray-cloaked figure that was previously standing in front of the house kind of emerges from the shadows. Um, you didn't see it before because it seemed to blend in so well. Uh, but uh, this cloaked figure uh, has a spear and is sort of tall, uh, thin, with angular features. Um, and... Uh, as you approach, says, go away. I bow and I say, I'm sorry for any disturbance we may have caused. We have uh, once been greatly helped by Madam Eva in an encampment somewhat like this. And we, we're about to embark on a, a very serious journey. And we just hope we might 
stop in for, for rest and supplies or, or maybe advice? I just name drop Madam Eva. He says, do not mistake me for one of the Vistani. If you want to speak with them, go to the top of the hill. Well, who are you then? He says, I am but a guard. And he pulls back his uh, his cowl and you see that he is a sort of grayish brown skinned elf. Hmm. I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, just a guard. It was uh, a pleasure. Have I, have I seen these guys before in my travels, this kind of elf? No. Oh. You have not. Oh, interesting. I don't know what he is. D- dark, dark, almost black eyes. Um, oh. Sort of almost charcoal colored skin. Uh, but- not, uh, not drow like exactly. Mm. He has black hair. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, but you can make a history check if you like. Yeah, I will do that. I will too. Oh, dang. I know everything about this. Oh, I got a 14. I got a 22. Oh. Okay. Um, well, it's it's more something that would be known to a planar traveler, such no. as, as Strix, because she has been to actual other worlds and other planes. And... Uh, but Strix, with your 14, all you recall is that uh, you do remember something about like ghost elves or some word like that. You're not exactly sure what. It was a like a, a group of elves or a tribe of elves or a sub race of elves or something that were thought to be extinct, like wiped out. Um, you think this might be one of them. Hmm. But the name just, it escapes you. It's not, it's not ghost elves exactly, but you're... You can't put your finger on it. It's something spooky. Yeah. Something spooky. <laughs> I say, if, if you're not guarding the Vistani and you're not one of, or if you're not a Vistani, why are you guarding their encampment? We share this encampment with the Vistani. We, we live, we elves. Oh, elves. He says, most of my kin are out in the woods looking for a missing child. <gasps> A missing child? Here we go. Jesus, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, her name is Arabelle. She is a Vistani child. She went missing, and we are trying to help our neighbors find her. Well, that puts us in just a pickle, because certainly we would want to help search for a missing child, but we, we have our friend here who's dead, and we're trying to make him, bring him back to life. It's this whole thing. Yes, you seem to have your own problems. But I, I'm more I, than happy to keep a lookout for the missing child. For Arabelle. We are not, we're not allied with the devil, and I know that your kind isn't either. Arabelle is a young girl. She has long black hair and pale skin. If you see her, her father would be most welcome to see her returned. Okay. His name is Luvash. He is one of the leaders of the Vistani here. We have, I like take Evelyn's side. I'm like, Evelyn, we have to help find this kid's father. This might be one of our tickets out of this place eventually. The Vistani know how to travel through planes. They can open doors. They can get us out of here. I also lean in. I'm like, and apparently I'm great with kids, so I think we'll be okay. 
Well, would you you guys think we should look for Arabelle right now? No, we have to get take Dia's body first. But we should keep it in mind. We should ask. We should All right. and make sure that nothing involving Strahd has happened to her. That's a good idea. So now should we go talk to uh, Luvash, her father? Or should we just talk to whoever's in that, that upper encampment? Are you talking to the guard? No, I'm asking my compatriots here. I'm not sure. If they're in turmoil, we might just make things worse. That's true. I kind of don't want them to know that we're stopping by but not helping with their poor little girl. Yeah. Right, then we have consensus. Let's go back and find the wolf hunters and keep going toward this uh, abbey. That. We know our name. We have our... I'm going to tell the elf thank you and, you know, that I'm sorry for whatever has happened to their tribe to put them in this state. He says... Uh, he, he thanks you uh, and uh, wishes you uh, a safe journey. I wink at him and I say the waffle crew will be back. <laughs> I ask him before we go, as someone who spends a lot of time out here as a guard, do you have any suggestions for us to make sure we stay safe in the, the evil night of the forest? He says... For your kind and mine. Guard, do you have any? For your kind and mine, this is a very dangerous land. He says, but you seem to be good spirits. I wish you well. So, no suggestions. (laughs) He says, this land is full of terror. It is full of monsters that will tear the flesh from your bones and devour you, soul and all. All I can hope is that you find your way, that you slip through whatever slivers of light in this dark land you find and make your way to where your friend needs to be taken. You say you're taking him to... St. Markovia Abbey. He says, that was a sacred place. St. Markovia was a powerful figure of good in this land before it became trapped in darkness. I hope that you still find some shred of goodness there. I've heard that it is a madhouse. Hmm. A madhouse? How so? The, he says, uh, it is a place of howling and cackling, of maniacal laughter and sheer utter madness. Whatever is contained there is beyond. uh, Is beyond all sense of reason. Well, that's not very reassuring. No. Well, thank you for your blessings and good wishes, even though they were not suggestions of how to survive, but I appreciate them anyway. And uh, I hope we will meet again, Mr. He says, if you do want one piece of advice, it is stay. I would love one. Stay on the roads. Stay on the roads. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's good advice. Why? Why? If you can also 
tell any of your people that are out in the forest not to kill us, that would be great. If you see anyone, just be like, you know what? They're good. They're not aligned with Strahd. They're good. He says, but they're out in the forest and I'm not. There's there's ways, there's birds and familiars and smoke signals and yelling and... He just sort of tilts a a weird head at you like... Is there something you can give us to tell them that we're friendly or some some, some way... A badge or something? Or a code word like, hey, stop. Or a crisp high five. (laughs) He says, you won't encounter any of my kin in the forest. They do not reveal themselves so easily. All right, well... And they will will not threaten you. Well, thank you. That's one thing down. That's nice. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for your time. We have a dead friend in a burrito that we need to take to St. Markovia Abbey. So I bid you farewell. All right. He he doesn't wave or anything. He just watches you leave. I wave. He has a real hard time answering questions, that one, doesn't he? Yeah, I see it a lot. I see, I've seen it before. That you don't, you don't think he's, a, he's, a, he's accustomed to answering questions from people who... He doesn't know what their true intentions are. <laughs> also, anyway. Evelyn, you're very animated. Yes. What do you mean? It scares, especially elves. It'll scare them. I'm just friendly. So you, you, re- you reunite with your wolf hunting friends, and you continue on the road traveling west. And uh, eventually you come to an intersection in that road. Excuse me for a moment. Uh, there, uh, you come to a, a intersection, an X-shaped intersection. There are four possible ways to go. And uh, one is back the way you came, so that's ruled out. Uh, you can see there is also a branch to the northwest uh, and the north, uh, the northwest, the southwest, and the northeast. Um, the lower half of a snapped wooden signpost thrusts upward at an angle near one elbow of the intersection, and the top half of the sign, featuring arms pointing in four directions, lies in the weeds nearby. I go pick it up. Okay. Uh, when you pick up the uh, shattered top of the sign, you can see how it was sheared off, uh, and you can sort of, if you were to sort of set it on top of the broken post, you can kind of see which direction each of these arms pointed and set it right, or at least get a sense of your bearings. You can see that uh, one of the arms, uh, as soon as you set the sign right or figure out which way the sign was meant to go, uh, you can see it's the southwest road uh, that point has, has the arm uh, that has the word Kresk on it. Kresk. Yeah. And I know fact, that's... They said Kresk was on the way, I think. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, Kre- there's a, uh, a sign for Kresk and a sign for Solenka Pass that both point the same direction. Well, I don't know about this Solenka Pass, but I know that Wizards of Wine is in Kresk, and that was on our way, so I guess we should go that way. You what? also see one of the arms of the sign uh, pointing to the uh, southeast says Berez. B-E-R-E-Z, which uh, the two um, wolf hunters will tell you is a ruined village. Mm. And then uh, another sign pointing to the northwest, which says Lake Baratok. 
Arena is still with us. So yes. I'm, I'm going to ask Arena if she knows which one is fastest to the Abbey place. She says it's probably best to take the elves' advice and stay on the main road, the main Svalik road, and uh, follow it towards Kresk and Solenka Pass. All right. Do All that. Right. So that would be the southwest road. And you continue on that for several miles and before you come to another branch in the road. The road continues straight. And then there's a road that curls up uh, the hills and mountains. And uh, there's no sign here to indicate what's there. But the wolf hunters tell you that up that road lies a ruined mansion. Hmm. You, re you recall someone saying something about a dragon. What? Was, sil was it silver or white? No, it was, it was a silver dragon. Yeah. It was yeah. a silver dragon. That, yeah. It's, yeah. can I roll and think of maybe that there might be something the silver dragon can help us with to resurrecting our friend? You can roll, sure. Make, <laughs> make an arcana check. Okay, yeah, arcana check, yeah. Uh, Fifteen. Uh, no, dragons aren't really uh, known for being creatures that can deal with resurrection and raising dead and stuff like that. Uh, there are some who are reputed to have magical abilities, but they tend to be sorcerers or wizard type types. I try. Yeah. Well, we definitely can get its help later for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. The, uh, the wolf hunters dimly remember that the name of the mansion is Argon Vostholt. Oh, yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. Because it sounded cool. It does sound cool. Argen Vastholt. Argen Vastholt. Uh, when, you pa when you continue past, uh, continue along the main road, uh, you come to another junction, which has sort of a wooded path leading north. Um, but if you want to stay on the main road, you go about another quarter mile beyond that. And there is another junction uh, with a road leading south. And the wolf... Uh, hunters tell you that's Solenka Pass. It's a road that winds up through uh, the mountain. It's very cold up there this time of year. Well, is that the way we need to go? No. Uh, Kresk is actually uh, continuing west along the road. Well, then no time for cold, wintry passes for us. We yep. have to get to St. Markovia Abbey. Let's go. Absolutely. And uh, you... Uh, come to another uh, branch. This one has a weather-worn signpost next to the road. Uh, the three arms of the sign point along the three branches of the road. The arm pointing north reads Kresk. And through the woods, you can see an arching stone bridge spanning a river ahead. The arm pointing east reads Valaki, which is the way you came. And the arm pointing southwest reads the Wizard of Wines. The road slopes gently downward in that direction. Well, that sure does look and sound like the easy path. <laughs> but we have things to do. Yes. You have you have a date with Destiny and Kresk, apparently. And burritos. And burritos. Hey, maybe we can make a stop on the way back. Uh, on the way back, yeah. we can make a stop. When Diaz is alive and well. Yep. Uh, fortunately, you've been making good time, and actually the two wolf hunters are surprised as all heck that you haven't even seen a wolf. It's they probably the light of thunder shining on us, because the Morning Lord will protect us in our divine mission. It's probably because they're massing a wolf army and waiting for us at the end at the Abbey. <laughs> 
And uh, by the time you get to that point, uh, darkness is beginning to fall. But you have made such a great time along the road uh, that you reach your destination. At <gasps> Yay! So happy to be away from Velaki too, because man, was that place crazy. Yeah, it sounds like you had quite an experience. I'll have to hear about it sometime. Oh, you don't know crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> don't say that. The road branches north and climbs a rocky escarpment, ending at a gatehouse built into a 20-foot-high wall of stone, reinforced with buttresses every 50 feet or so. The wall encloses a settlement built on the side of a snow-dusted mountain spur. Beyond the wall, you see the tops of snow-covered pines and thin white wisps of smoke. The somber toll of a bell comes from a stone abbey that clings to the mountainside high above the settlement. The steady chime is inviting, a welcome change from the deathly silence and oppressive fog to which you have grown accustomed. It's hard to tell at this distance, but there seems to be a switchback road clinging to the cliffs that lead up from the walled settlement to the abbey. The gatehouse uh, that you are sort of, um, so you're still on the old Svalik Road and you got a little bit of a winding path up the mountain here to get to the gatehouse that surrounds the village of Kresk. Um, but you don't, it seems to be a much smaller settlement than Valaki, Valakai, and uh, the abbey sort of looms large above it and that's where the ringing of the bell comes from. Uh, does this as a follower of Lathander, does this inspire me with confidence or wariness? Uh, so um, you didn't get a lot of information about the Abbey of St. Markovia before you left Vallaki, uh, but it was told, you do recall Father Lucian saying that it was at one point a haven for good. Um, that bell does have a warmth and welcoming sound to it. Good. I, I swell with excitement and urge Valentina up the road and, and beckon that my friends follow as fast as they can. And that's where we'll stop for tonight. Of course. Mm. Oh, my gosh. What's Jared going to say when he gets off the plane? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for not leaving me in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah. Thanks for not leaving my body. <laughs> yeah. Watch us just be like, oh, man, he's dead. That sucks. And like, uh, walk away. <laughs> Ripperoni. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, he's gone to the light. Goodbye. Oh, no. The question is, can you get into the village before, you know, before night falls and the wolves really come after you? Um, those, are all, those are all questions for next week. Mm -hmm. So before, before we wrap up, let me just say a couple things uh, quickly. Uh, Dungeon Delve is launching uh, toward the end of this week. It is a new feature, uh, basically, that has all of our past and present live D&D games compiled Ooh. Uh, so that you can have easy access to all of that, including the old Acquisitions Incorporated stuff, uh, pretty much everything. And then also we've got an event coming up in LA, Meltdown Comics on July 1st, a, a special super duper uh, live game uh, DM'd by Matt Mercer. Fun. And yes, and uh, also uh, Allison Hayslip and various other luminaries participating in this special D&D event. Cool. Yes, and we got a Miss Clicks game coming up. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Dude, last week was a crazy, crazy D&D day because we had the stuff that happened with DF, and then right after that on Miss Clicks, we lost a character. So oh. I don't know what's going to happen today, but we're going to go live at 6 p.m. So we'll have like a, a small break after this goes down, but um, All right. we'll be up. 
Uh, I didn't post the name of this episode. It was the name. This episode is titled "Really Most Sincerely Dead." <laughs> Next week's episode is called Nine Tenths of the Law," and you'll find out why when possession. Uh, we we explore the village of Kresk and the Abbey of Saint Markovia. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> More crying on the ground. I can't uh-huh. wait, man. This game keeps me up at night. Just it does. It does. Next, yeah. next week's game is going to be absolutely crazy. It's going to be Bonkazon's crazy. I will guarantee it. Bonkazon's crazy. crazy. Actually, yeah. you guys, Chris, per- crazy people. Chris Perkins just guaranteed us Bonkazong's crazy. <laughs> so you know, you know that next yeah. week's going to be nuts. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. But what's Jared going to do when he's here? He's just going to be like, just, my, my dead body continues to fly as land on. And, and Paulton, you've got your, your card. Your, fro- mm-hmm. your card is tied to this location. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, wait. Wait. Oh, 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 oh. Strix hasn't been to her location yet. Here we go. All right. And that's a wrap, folks. Oh, no. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.